Thank you for tuning in to the Cross the Line podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and right now I have another special guest, someone who's known me since I was in school at USC Upstate, and um, he is the owner of Ricky's Drive-In here in Spumberg, South Carolina. His name is Mr. Floyd Elliott. How are you doing today, sir? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. I want to thank you for taking the time out to come sit down with me. So to um, start things off, can you tell us um, how, how long have you had your business? Yeah, I bought uh, I bought Ricky's back in October of 2005, so uh, roughly almost 13 years. Okay, and uh, what what made you want to start um, this business? Well, kind of backed into it by accident. Uh, originally, I was a financial planner, a stockbroker for 10 years, and um, a client of mine uh, owned a business mm-hmm. and uh, used to eat here every morning and. Uh, just decided that um, that he wanted to sell it one day, and we, we bought it, me and my business partner. Oh, okay. So so just the restaurant, you kind of backed into we it? We backed into it. We sure did. By, by luck, and it's been one of the best things that's happened. Okay. Because, sure and it, was it any kind of fear? Because a lot of times you hear that with uh, restaurants, you know, they don't stay open long. So certainly. was there any kind of fear? or Certainly. Um, you know, th- this was an established business. Mm-hmm. So anybody who probably starts out new, there's a tr- tr- tremendous fear. Uh, but this, this has been here for over 40 years. And uh, so uh, I had a comfort level starting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the, the one level that I wasn't too comfortable about is that I didn't know anything about food business. Right. So you still learn something new every day in this field. Uh, but it's just uh, we, we had to learn by fire, tri- trial and fire. Okay. So, and um, about how many hours would you say that you put into the restaurant every week? About how many hours? I would say about 60 hours. Wow. That's a, that's a lot. Now, not, not necessarily just being here, but being away from here, doing the marketing on my side. Because I do all the marketing myself. I don't need anybody else to do it. I, I do, I do it my, my, myself. Okay. Yeah, so going to businesses personally, uh, going to schools, uh, going to banks, anywhere, I do that myself. So I put a lot of time and effort my, myself into that. So it's pretty much a non-stop, just non-stop. a constant thing. Non-stop. And uh, one of the other things that I want to ask you, what, when, I, when I look at other successful people, I study how like they always have like a certain routine where Steve Harvey or Damon John Kukubu or, or Gary Vaynerchuk, they'll say they may get up at 3 or 4 in the morning and go do a workout and then they start the day. Do you have kind of like a set routine of what you do when you start the day off? I get up at four o'clock every morning, have a cup of coffee, walk in the neighborhood, come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, by then, uh, my five-year-old is ready to get up, get her ready for school. Right. So I do have a routine. I do have a routine. Um, I get up real early in the morning to get a lot of planning done then. Okay. And always keep a legal pad beside your bed at all times. <laughs> or, or, or beside your recliner that you sit at in your house because there's always notes that you need to jot down that you're thinking about. If you're watching NCAA tournament on TV or you're watching the Lifetime Movie Network on, on Sunday, you're always writing things down of what you might need to do on Monday and Tuesday to start starting out. Right. Do, you, do you have any kind of <clears throat> any fear of anything or when you started or do you, have any, do you ever have any kind of problems that you worry about coming along in your business? You know what? It makes my job a whole lot easier when you got a good staff. Right. And my six employees I got here at Ricky's, I got one lady who's been here for 16 years, and the other ones have been around. I don't have turnover. And when you got a good core of people and you found the right core, it makes my life a whole lot easier. Now, I don't say it, it, it's, it's a fine old machine that runs 
you know, if I'm not here, but everybody right. has to do their job. And right. Everybody does their job. It makes it easy. Mm-hmm. And, and what do you look for in your employees when you go out to, when you either when you go out for um, looking for employees or when you go and do your um, promoting your business? What, well, what do you actually look for when you when you kind of try to find people? I, I want folks that's got an open personality because even if you're the, the cook in the back mm-hmm. or cashier in the front or whatever, everybody's cross-trained. Right. So in some form or fashion, everybody's going to learn everybody's position. Okay. And there's always a chance for advancement. Maybe one day I might open up another store. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can pull somebody from here to go over there to manage that store. So there's always room for advancement. And what, what was the moment for you where you actually knew that you actually had something in this business? You know, some people like you. When starting a restaurant or any kind of business, it kind of starts off slow, and then all of a sudden, for some people, it just clicks to where they know that they have. What was that moment for you when you knew that you actually had? Probably about a month into it. Probably looking around November or December of 2005 after it was purchased. Because you really don't know until you get inside. And before we fully purchased it, we came in here and we looked and see what happened on a daily basis of ordering and customers and stuff like that but you truly don't know until you get into the nuts and the bolts of it and i think back in november and december of 05 i i, I knew this was something okay and, and a lot of people say that they suffer i hate to say they take a loss or whatever because with anything you, even though if you lose you kind of learn something from it did you have any kind of setback or anything that you actually learned from to make it to where the business is successful Certainly. as it is today? I think me and my business partner, when we got started, we tried to grow it too quickly. Mm-hmm. Because we were in real estate. We were financial planners. We, we were doing, we, we, we like big, big deals. Mm-hmm. And when we got this, we wanted to kind of branch off of this and open up other locations. Well, we opened up two other locations. Mm-hmm. Those locations did okay. But we truly didn't have the understanding of the food business. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have that, sometimes it will lapse. So what I did, I personally uh, took over this side, closed the other two stores, mm-hmm. and stayed right here until I can maximize what we do here. Okay. And and you said, and you said that eventually you may look into potentially expanding sure. again? or sure. Expanding out of... Uh, Possibly some towns um, in uh, mm-hmm. We've had a lot of people in uh, the Union area ask about Greer, uh, but uh, might be a good target next would be in Okay. And uh, what, what's for you, what's the hardest part for running a restaurant? Hardest part? Um, personally, I'm a hands-on person. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of folks like to de- delegate but when i opened our real estate company and our financial company we had our hands on it. me and my business partner we didn't have anybody else do it except ourselves and that's kind of the hardest part for me to get away from when i make the chili mm-hmm. make the chili well, i want it consistent mm-hmm. i want everything consistent from the chicken salad that we make to the pimento cheese everything we do i want it when they come in every day one it's the same when they come in at day 20. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got to keep is consistency. Right. And, and that's uh, the hardest part of all. And I think that's where we learned something as business owners of this on the other locations where we allowed the other managers and stuff to make the chili got a little bit out of whack. Mm-hmm. Inconsistent. Right. And that drove me crazy. And how do, how do you try to uh, relieve yourself? Because I know it can be stressful at times trying to, you don't want to always, I guess, maybe not try to micromanage everything. Sure. but. So how do you try to uh, relax? Because I know you have to oversee a lot of things. and That's you know, the hard part. Mm-hmm. 
that, that that that's the hard part of it all because I'm a I'm a person that will get up and want to go. It's it's kind of hard for me to just wind down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I do, I'll go hit a few golf balls. Okay. Uh, like sports, I like Clemson sports. Doing really good uh, right yeah, now. So they do, doing really well last mm-hmm. night. So uh, that's what I was doing last night. Well, well, watching that before I went to bed. And uh, so uh, you know, just you need to find little hobbies. Right. Do, but I like to swing the golf club, go watch sports or whatever. And you just find a little, little time for your family. You got to find a tight time for your family. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> what's for you? What's the most rewarding part of it all? The most rewarding part is seeing my employees enjoy their job. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of occupations out there where people will say, I like to get up in the morning and I enjoy going to work. Mm-hmm. You ask these employees here and I got a feeling they truly enjoy coming here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why they stay. Right. I can't get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I that's can't good get thing. rid of them. Um, if uh, if you had to tell yourself differently of uh, your younger self, yeah. if you had to look back, what would you tell yourself younger when you were younger? What would you tell yourself to do different from now? Probably don't stress as much. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've always had that. Uh, my mom's always been that way. She's been a, a stressful person wanting to do it. And I think I got a lot of that from her. And sometimes you just got to learn. You just got to, hey, there are certain things. Push to the side, mm-hmm. handle it a few hours. Next day, don't try to handle everything at one time. Mm-hmm. Don't get overwhelmed. Don't get overwhelmed. All right. um, a couple more questions and then we'll um, switch on to something else. Um, one of the things that I want to ask you was uh, if somebody wanted to start a business today, uh, start from scratch, what would you tell them to do? I would probably tell them to do a little bit of research in a certain area. Just like, let's take, for example, in the restaurant business, you see a lot of pizza places opening up, some mm-hmm. places opening up. I think you could get a tremendous amount of volume of the same time. Find something unique, mm-hmm. something that's got a niche. What we do here at Ricky's is something, you know, we serve, let's take, for example, for breakfast. We serve breakfast at noontime. We serve salmon packets. I don't know anybody in this town that serves it. <laughs> you know, and so that's a niche. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we've got a niche market that likes that in the morning time, and uh, very few people serve hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Our competition back down the street does, but there's not many people that serve hot dogs. So I think we got a total niche here of breakfast and lunch. All right. I do, but... That's the thing. Don't be the same as everybody else. Be unique. Find, find, find your niche and uh, maximize it. All right. And one of the things I kind of wanted to kind of pick off what you said a little bit when yeah. you said your competition. Do you still, um, of course, there's always competition. You still want it, but do you kind of still want them to have a certain success or do you kind of like Certainly. try to help them in any kind of way? If, if, if anybody down the street or whatever in our competition, we share. You know, if somebody will run short on. Uh, Supplies, mm-hmm. we share, we split off, and uh, so no, I, I I I wish them the very best. Right, wish them the very best. Okay, and uh, one more question about um, the business side of it. Um, what would you say? I know everybody does things differently, but if you could just lay out your br- blueprint for what you did to um, have the success you have, success you have, what what would you say is the blueprint for running a business? The blueprint. Always be honest with your employees and be honest with your customers. Because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something. Anything that you do, regardless if you're in the food business, if you're a stockbroker dealing with millions of dollars, 
That's what you got to do. You got to have the blueprint to be honest to your employees and honest to your customers. And if you do that, you can get checked. All you right. get checked. You don't have nothing to hide. Everything's on the table. Absolutely. And some of my um, favorite um, journalists, they always say, "Live your truth." Yeah. Always be honest because that's exactly. that's the most important thing. Because when you, when you tell the truth, it's nothing to be ashamed of. That's right. So I, I really um, think that's something. And this important. is my motto. This is what I tell my employees. Here. I say, you know what? Flow Daddy can take bad news. Mm-hmm. I can take good news. I like good news. I can't take fake news. Right. Don't lie. That's true. I can't do that. I can't take fake news. So regardless, if it's the, if you think it's the worst thing, if I, you give it to me, we'll, we'll work it out. Mm-hmm. But don't give me fake news. Yes, sir. Sounds good. So let's um switch over to um sports a little bit. Right. We, we said it a little bit earlier. Uh, March Madness. Um, your Tigers are doing pretty good right now. So yeah, what's your overall good. take on the whole March Madness? Well, I'll tell you one thing. There's really no clear-cut team you know, to win it all. My, my, my personal team that I chose for the uh, brackets – was Michigan State, and they mm-hmm. bit the dust yesterday. Yep, <laughs> I thought they had the, the probably the overall team to do it, mm-hmm. but you never know. You never know now, and I really believe in the next few years you're gonna see a number ten, eleven, or twelve seed win that national championship. I agree. It's coming. I agree. It's coming. Like you look at these teams, like well, you all love Chicago. Mm-hmm. I mean, people don't even remember, but in 1963 or four, they were talking about this last mm-hmm. night. They won the national championship. I didn't even know that. And see, they were talking <laughs> about that last night. So people, you know, these are good basketball teams. They and are. Clemson's got an opportunity mm-hmm. if they play the way they're capable of playing. I think that was the most impressive win that I saw all weekend. I've watched Clemson basketball. Here. Started Clemson in '88. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched basketball. Best Clemson basketball game I've ever seen was last night. Yeah, it was really no impressive. Doubt. From start to finish, start to finish they were offense, defense, everything was late. Mm-hmm. They they look yeah. really good. It was good. So how how many teams do you have left in the tournament or <laughs> from your final four? How many do you have left? Well, let's put it this way: I won't be getting a million dollars. From one <laughs> <time>. <laughs> me either. Let me see. Uh, I have got uh, one team left. I had Duke going. Okay. Um, and Duke is on the Clemson side. Mm-hmm. But I had Duke going because I thought they had the players to do it. Right. And they still may. Mm-hmm. But I don't like I have two of my teams went down. I have two left. I, I picked Virginia to go to the Final Four. I had Virginia, Michigan State, uh, Villanova, and I had Michigan. And Michigan won on the buzzer beater that saved me. Villanova is probably the team. That's that's the team I have winning it all. Probably still the team. Yeah, they they look they look really they're good. Really good. But really they, good. they 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 were kind of uh it was kind of close with them in Alabama. At first they were up by five, and then in that second half, that's when they finally. But you know took a team off. that I do would probably cause a little bit of a stir. They know they call this one the Syracuse. Syracuse is always, always a team to mm-hmm. get in there regardless of what speed they're See, in. They cause issues in the tournament. Mm-hmm. They and really do. That's one of the things when I look at college basketball. I was me and Crystal. We were talking yesterday. I said it's kind of two things that I look at. I look at uh, coaches because I think a, a great coach can take a. Uh, somewhat average team with not the most talent and get the best out of them and they can go on a, a big run like Syracuse. They don't have the most talent, right. but Bayheim is such a good coach that he, he can get the most out of his guys and then they go on a run. And also, if not that, then I look at teams that have been together like the smaller schools where the guys stay three, four years when they have that chemistry. So when you go on to the tournament, that chemistry 
it means something. And I think those teams that are one and done, a lot of times you can pull off an upset because they don't have the chemistry. That's say that's the problems you got with Kentucky's. Mm-hmm. And now Duke a little bit. They say Duke is getting better, but mm-hmm. Duke had that same issue because they were not playing together. Yep. Because uh, really, when Bagwell went down with his injury, mm-hmm. Grayson Allen picked his game up and they played better, mm-hmm. especially on the defensive side, and they won games. Yep. So then, you got to get everybody merged together. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if everybody right now, you say Villanova's the team to win it all, I would have to say so. I would say after Michigan State bit the dust yesterday. Yeah, I I, I believe that's the thing. I agree. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that got stirred up in college basketball with um, uh, teams wanting to pay players. What what is your take on paying college athletes? I say we could have a – a major issue if they really pay the amount of money that I think they want to pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I do think they need to do, they do get a stipend every month. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to be drastically increased. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking more on the football side beforehand, and I said, well, does the starting quarterback make more than the third string quarterback? Mm-hmm. See? Because all of them going to make the same amount of money. If, if you're going to be a college athlete, it's got to be the same. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the same under the umbrella. And uh, it is it is big money business. It is. It, it is a billion-dollar industry. These coaches are making so much money right now. I can see why athletes need to get paid. Because if a jersey is sitting in a souvenir store and Joe Blow comes off the street and buys that, well, the young man whose number that he's buying, he gets nothing. Nothing at all. So, there's got to be some type of some type of money that's right. portion athletes for them. Well, one of the things I've seen with some people on TV were saying was maybe come do like a bidding war, like the, the just throw out an amount of money and then the athlete gets to choose like wherever he wants to go. It's just like first come, the, take the best deal or wherever you feel comfortable going. But I I mean, that's kind of tough because some of the smaller schools are probably going to end up losing out. But, I mean, I, I definitely think that the guys think, should get paid one think, way or the other. I think probably what, what needs to happen is like they've got in Major League Baseball, uh, especially now, I'm, I'm talking about for, for basketball now. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball is the only sport in college where you're one and done mm-hmm. if you want to. College baseball, if you go to your first class, you're locked in for three years. Mm-hmm. Major league teams cannot touch you to three. Same for uh, football. Mm-hmm. Now, basketball is not not that way. So if that's the case, why don't they just have a farm league for mm-hmm. basketball? If you don't want to go to college, you want to do whatever, go over to the Seminole Pro League mm-hmm. and, and, and have an opportunity, and you get paid in that. Mm-hmm. So that will solve that problem a lot with the All-Stars. Yeah, and, I, I, you got. and in the one and done – Dude, I think I think that puts a lot of stress and strain, especially on coaches, because they pour a lot of money mm-hmm. in recruiting players, and they recruit players for three to four years. They're there for one year and they're mm-hmm. gone. But and I wish they kind of give kids more of an option. They they keep saying, well, if they go straight out of high school, they may not have a chance to be successful. But yeah. you never know. I guess That's you right. should just give them a chance to see, and if they. If they don't make it, then they ha- that's on them. But I think you should at least give them a chance because when you make them go to school, some of them don't really want to go to school, and some of them know they really school. don't know right mm-hmm. until they get into that environment. Mm-hmm. If you get into the right environment, it's more than just playing ball. Mm-hmm. At Clemson right now, I'm a part of the the mentoring program for football players. Mm-hmm. 
and I've been doing that now for five years, and it is absolutely amazing how these players, some of the ones that I have, have come so far. Right. There's a few of them that didn't even think they would be time. Wow. Now they're on the Dean's list. Probably going to be playing in the league next year. Mm-hmm. Their whole life has changed. Just certain little things you don't know until you give them the opportunity. Absolutely. The and uh, speaking of Clemson football, you know, uh, one of the things I want to ask do you feel like for, for football, maybe they should kind of like reduce the amount of years, to, at least maybe knock it down to two years of staying and then going pro because three years is risking a lot of injury, plus you're not getting paid on top of that. Do you think they should maybe kind of reduce that? Because I, I don't, I wouldn't say that all those guys can come straight out of high school and go play football, but maybe two years and then go see if they can. Only player that I that I thought of, and I, I, was, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, all the high school players that played, I would think Jadavion Clowney was, was the only player that I thought could come out of high school that could go right into the mm-hmm. NFL. There may be some out there, but I haven't seen them. Yeah, I don't think it's as much as basketball. I, no, kids in basketball may be more ready than right. Because I think just an eighteen-year-old playing with grown men out there on the football field—that's your body doesn't have needs to mature a little bit more. Now, Clemson may have signed a player this year that could be in that same classification as Davion and Trevor Lawrence, that core quarterback out of Georgia. Okay. Uh, 6'6", 220-pound quarterback, Trent Dilfer, NFL scout guy says, that kid right there looks like he, he's better than some of the backups in the league right now. Oh, man. So now you look at certain players like that, and that might be one of those players that could win, mm-hmm. possibly. But it's very rare that very you see rare. some of those guys. Very rare. Do you think um, – Speak while we're still on Clemson football. Do you think that uh, the quarterback is still? How do you think he's going to do this year? I mean, you, get, you guys still got to the playoffs, but do you think he needs I think another? He's going to do outstanding. Okay, I think Kate, I think Bryant, didn't, Bryant. Do, didn't do anything last year to hurt his position uh, to be the starter again this year. Now, I will say he's not the best passer of the group. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, if, if, if they're going to get in the Final Four again, I think they can beat any, any of the teams on their schedule with mm-hmm. on the ground and doing some intermediate passing. But like they played against Alabama last year, you've got to stretch the field. And that's Absolutely. how two years ago, that's how Deshaun Watson beat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, played a, probably the best defense ever Absolutely. in college football, and he put 500 some yards on. He was running, he was throwing, mm-hmm. he couldn't do anything, and they were worn out at the end of the game. Yep. And if, if, if Clemson can't do that, if they play Alabama again, I think you can see the same thing as what happened this past year. Mm-hmm. They got stretched the field. And that's where I think, well, Clemson may play two quarterbacks this year. Mm-hmm. I think they'll play Kelly, and I personally think that Lawrence is going to be the guy. Lawrence. Okay. That's the kid you were saying that true freshman. He is a prodigy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is. And there's nothing wrong with Hunter, Hunter Johnson. I like him or whatever. This kid is just incredible. I got I got to see him play. He's incredible. Uh, what, what does it say to you about uh, Dabble to see some of those guys, you know, losing the playoffs, <laughs> and then you see a lot of the guys wanting to come back again for the uh, senior year, make another run instead of turning down millions of dollars. What does it say about Dabble? I'll tell you one thing. That should really tell you something. I probably know more about this than anybody else since I'm over there mm-hmm. a good, good bit. Um, when he talks about family, that's just not a word. Mm-hmm. That's a way of life. So when a young man comes in there from day one, he's embraced. Right. He's embraced. And um, I know 
Shy, who's in South Carolina. Uh, I wish he had had the opportunity to go to Clemson to get in that same type of deal. Uh, but he, he, but he, he's doing well in Columbia. Special. But, but Dabo, when he preaches that family deal, it's just not words. Mm-hmm. He lives it. That's what he preaches, and that's what it is. And I think, I think the players last year in New Orleans, I think Christian Wilkins and Austin Bryant and Cleveland, they were a little bit ticked off. They mm-hmm. said, we left something on the field during the Sugar Bowl. And I think that was a part of it, too. But I really think it was because they enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. They enjoyed being in college. Absolutely. They enjoyed the whole atmosphere. If you go over to there, that new facility they've got, I want to commit to that. <laughs> Where do I sign? Right. I mean, it's just like they've got a place where they can grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to meet Bradley Pena. The, the other night at the at the mentoring meeting, he was our punter at Clemson two years ago. He is now the starting punter for the 49ers. And he's out of Charlotte. That's where he lives. And he's part, part of the program as well. So I was talking with him and I said, How is the NFL prepared to Clemson? He said, Like nine days. Mm. It's a business. You don't know if your bags are packed. You don't know if you're going to be here one year and gone the next. All right. I said, if you had the opportunity to come to Clemson, Clemson would you? He said, in a New York man. Oh, man. So, I mean, it's just a whole world of regardless of the money. Mm-hmm. It ain't a money thing. Right. It ain't a money thing. It's a family thing. And one of the things I always said, I, I love the way, you know, when, when you see Clemson win or whatever, when you when they show footage of the team in the locker room, Dabo's in the circle dancing with the team. So, uh, for me, I would always say he's, he's like a player's coach. I, I would like to go somewhere where I'm – I'm embraced by the coach. Somebody who seems like he enjoys spending time with the players, having fun with the players, instead of just always kind of nitty gritty, strictly right. football. Right. And that's it. I, I like to see coaches that are kind of embrace the guys, the young kids that are on the team, oh, right. having fun and dancing with them. Right. So that's what I like about Dabo. The thing about Dabo is he always says the fun is in the winning. Mm-hmm. He said you, you you need to enjoy every win. So that's why he's in there dancing in there, whatever, that dancing in the locker room. Everybody's enjoying it. But there is no man over there that's more detail oriented or whatever in getting the job done. It's him. Yeah, I really enjoyed that, Bo. And uh, another thing we was talking about, we said, Shy, how surprised were you that he actually went to South Carolina? Because for a while I even heard that he was talking about going to Clemson and then all of a sudden went to South Carolina. Clemson sort of out recruited him. Clemson is. To, to a point is especially at the wide receiver position, mm-hmm. can go out and get anybody right right now. They're in that position right now. And seven or eight years ago, Shy would probably be an orange right now. Mm-hmm. But the type of players that they're going after now, five star, these guys, you can't sign everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shy probably would have been a great athlete to go to on the defensive side. That's kind of what I told them over there at Clemson. I said, let's get Kripoo as an athlete. Let's, well, he's a great DB as well. Mm-hmm. He could be a safety or whatever, yeah. but he wanted to be a wide receiver. So I think he went to a school where he had a fit. Mm-hmm. And he's doing well there. Yeah, I think he'll be yeah. really good this I year. Think so too, if, if he can stay healthy. Yeah, if, if he, he can stay, stay healthy. I didn't feel like they really used him as much as they should because they could have used so either. screens or whatever. Just get him involved in the game. I think with his new offensive coordinator, maybe they will. Mm-hmm. Because they got a you know, real With McClendon now, I think, being offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. I think 
maybe they'll get the ball in his hands more. Absolutely. And uh, when you, you said you coached him during baseball when he was young, what did you see in him then that kind of – did you kind of see this kind of – Me and my set? friend, it was the River Rats baseball travel team, 13-year-old team. Mm -hmm. And uh, this kid was our center fielder. He was our closer on the mound. He could uh, bring a fastball up to 80 miles an hour hmm. at 13. He had blazing speed. Anything that was hit to the outfield, he caught. Nothing hit the ground. Mm -hmm. I mean, this you could tell he was unique. Absolutely. And just a great kid, too. Absolutely. Very, very, very unique. And I think, like you said, as long as he can stay healthy, I think he has a really good chance to, to eventually play on Sundays. I, I actually remember the first time I remember watching him play in person was, I think it was his, either I think it may have been his sophomore year, sophomore, junior year. And it, it was the year that Greer was undefeated. And they, they threw a screen pass to him out in Greer. And he took it maybe 70, 80 yards. And then there was another play. I think it was the kid who he committed. His name was Troy Pride. I believe he, he committed to yes. Virginia Tech. And then I think he ended up going to Notre Dame, I believe. And uh, they just right. they lined him up. And they lined him up against Shy. And I th think they sent him on like a fly route. And he just wasn't even close. He just left him. A type of player like that, he needs to touch the ball at least 15 times a game. I agree. At least some end rounds with his speed, you can spread out that defense. Mm -hmm. but it's just the way, the way you want to use it. Absolutely. That, and that's what kind of frustrated me watching Carolina because they, I think this <coughs> might be not saying that skill, they have the better receiving core, but like I think they're just really deep with Brian Edwards and Shy and Debo. If Debo come back healthy, I think they can really have a good year this year. But it all comes down to offense and defensive line. You got to have those linemen. Yep. And I think that's one area that Carolina has lacked after Spurrier left because it was three years of lack, lack of recruiting mm -hmm. there, and it uh, and it's come to bottom, especially playing in the SEC. You better have line. Oh players. yeah. It don't matter about your skill. If you can't block nobody, you're not going to win. Yeah, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have a hard time. Absolutely. So, uh, do you think this year going forward, do you see yourself, do you see Clemson back in the Final Four again? or They're going to win it this year. Then they're going to win it this year? I do. And, and you know what? And, and, and when I say that, people say, why are you a Clemson? <laughs> That's what you're going to say anyway. Um, I've probably been harder on them than anybody else mm -hmm. uh, because, it's, uh, you know, you kind of win the Final This defense – if this defense plays the way I think it's going to play, it's going to be hard for some people to cross 50 on them, mm -hmm. especially on the line. They may have a little bit of lack of depth at the cornerback position this year, but they're talented. If they mm -hmm. stay healthy, they're in good shape. But now, with this Lawrence kid and Bryant being back as a senior after having a good year um, with uh, Tavian Feaster, mm -hmm. great kid there too, ETN at tailback, i tell you one thing, the sky's the limit. It really is. But you know what? Just like in anything, two years ago, they lost Pittsburgh at home. Yep. Okay, and that's the year they won the national championship. Mm -hmm. Anything can happen in sports. But I really do believe if they do the things they need to do, it's going to be them in Alabama again. Alabama. Alabama it's going to go through Alabama. Yeah. It's going to be them and up. It probably, this year, I told somebody, when Wisconsin lost Ohio State, mm -hmm. I remember last night I said, let me tell you something right now. Alabama's going to get this I, I said the same thing. It ain't going to be Ohio State because people's got that Iowa game in their mind off of that big loss mm -hmm. on the road, and that's two losses they got. They're not going to get in this thing. 
if Wisconsin would have defeated Ohio State, Clemson would have been pitted against them. I think really think Clemson would have really put it on, and I think they might have had a shot to win the national title. Yeah, I think the committee wanted Alabama to get in one way or the other. I tell you, honestly, if I was on the committee, I probably would have pitted since Alabama was the fourth seed, mm-hmm. and they were sitting right beside Louisiana. They're only three hours away from Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. All right, you got a four seed there that's almost like a home game. Send them out in Pasadena along with Oklahoma. Yep. Have Clemson play Georgia in Sugar Bowl. Yeah, because that's what should have happened. Yeah, because I would have loved to seen Alabama against Baker Mayfield. And that, that could have been an issue for Alabama. Mm-hmm. For that style of offense right there, that could have gave them fits. Yep. I agree. That's Just stuff like that. I mean, that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So who would you say the other two teams will possibly be if you had to just take a while? Yeah. Woo! Well, you know, everybody wants to talk about Georgia. What did Georgia lost a lot of players they did. last year. They lost they had 31 or two seniors uh, on last year's team. So I, I don't know. I think probably they may win the East over there, but I think it's still going to go through Alabama. It's going to be hard to, 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 to throw a throw down on Ohio State. I think I think Ohio State's oh, yeah. going to be right there as well as one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly Penn State might be in there. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And I, I was talking to Coach Cox when we, when, did, when we when I interviewed him as well. He said that he thought that Georgia would win the East. For me, I tell, I told him that I believe if Debo can stay healthy and they add a couple more pieces, I think that Carolina can challenge them in I the East. I tell you one team to watch in the East is Florida. Florida. I think that was an outstanding. If there was anybody who made a great hire during the offseason, Dan Mullen going to Florida. Mm-hmm. It's just a great fit. And I think I think possibly that they may make a little run in the future. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought for some reason, you know, when Spurry went back down to Florida, I thought they were going to try to give him the job. But Nah, there's something about that. I don't know. There's just something, um, you know, before Spurrier went to South Carolina, uh, they wanted, you know, there's some people who wanted Spurrier back in Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did it. Right. Uh, the way Spurrier left, it was a rub. Because he left in the dark, dark of night. He called and said, I'm out of here. Exactly. So he basically did that South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of watch who you, you're hiring and who, who you have. Because mm-hmm. he may just leave, leave you high and dry. Exactly. I, and I, I didn't really like the way that he left I didn't South either. Carolina. I, I just thought he, was, he saw the team going down and he just wanted to jump off, jump ship. And they, to me, so he can't do that. Exactly. But in the kids, they commit to you, and then all of a sudden you bail out on them. It, it just doesn't look good. For right. And I, I didn't agree with how he did handle the whole situation. But I'm glad to kind of still – they're getting better year by year. No doubt. Is, you know, no, no, no doubt about it. But I, I think – I mean, I would love for Debo, if Debo can stay healthy, go along with Shy and Brian Elwood. They lost Hayden Hurst, but I still think they got a lot on the offensive side to kind of – And and they probably need to get a tailback. Yeah. Probably need to get a tailback. That's one, one area there I think they need to concentrate on. And hopefully Bentley can take strides and get better than because I I don't think uh, Jake Fromm from Georgia he's that much better than Bentley I think they're kind of similar in, in ways. It's going to be interesting though with this new offensive coordinator got McClendon how uh, with Bentley and now this new quarterback they're getting in Jordan mm-hmm. this Jordan Jordan kid who they're going to try to probably piece and they may play play them both. Mm-hmm. Get a more athletic quarterback out there along with Bentley, too. So. Yeah, and I, I think it's, uh, like you was talking about Clemson's situation, I think it's kind of, it's good to have a quarterback behind the backup that can kind of push the starter. That way he's not comfortable 
just knowing that it's his job no matter what. So you always some competition. Absolutely. Push him, buddy. Push him. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, one more question before we get out of here. Um, my last question of kind of what we were talking about earlier. How would you define success? How would I define success? Well, I think it goes back to the point, you know, about start starting a business. I think you just got to be honest with people around you. Uh, like I say, followers, employees, customers, when you say you got to be honest with yourself, you got to make sure this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. If you can't give it 110%, just like this right here, if I was not here every day, I'm not saying I'm a world beater, but is it going to work the way it's supposed to work? Is the right. wheel going to turn? You've got to have your hands on it. Mm-hmm. All right. Hands on. And uh, like I say, it comes down to honesty. And the, all the successful people that I know, be straight up at the beginning, be straight straight up at the end. Absolutely. That's all you got to do. And what what kind of things, I know I said it was ill, I'm sorry, but yeah. uh, what kind of things do you take from them? What are the kind of things, like, as far as mentor or whatever kind of advice, what's some of the advice that they give you? About your no, some of your uh, people, you t- other business owners, what kind of advice do they give you? Kind of other tips that you use to kind of help you run your business as well. Okay. Same uh, kind of tips. I know when uh, I first bought this back in 05, I was asking questions, mm-hmm. especially with employees and all this and how to do certain things. Hey, how, how you doing? And um, they said that you just got to make sure you hire people that you can trust. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, how do you know that? They, they, they say, you will know. And it's just like I said before, is that I can take good news. Mm-hmm. I can certainly take bad news. Can't take fake news. Right. Can't take fake news. And I, th- I think I say, just don't lie. Just don't lie. Absolutely. Just be up front. That's all you got to do. Yes, sir. In anything that you do. It don't have to be in business. And it's, it's in life itself. Mm-hmm. All right, Miss Floyd, I know you have to run. I want to thank you for sitting down with me, taking time off. I know you're busy. Well, I hope I didn't waste your time. Oh, no, sir. I enjoyed <laughs> it. I, and I believe everybody listening to this, they'll enjoy this because there's a lot of things they can learn from people who want to start their own business or get any kind of ideas of what to start up. So right. I think they'll really enjoy this interview because it, it really helped me. And I, I, I don't mind picking your brain a little bit, trying to take some things that I can learn as well. So right. I, I really appreciate it. Um, do you have any kind of social media that you want to give out or tell people where they can find you? Uh, well, I'm in the process of building a website right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, But uh, we, we've got on for Facebook, it's, it's Ricky's Drive-In East okay. on, on Union Street. So uh, we, we don't have a Twitter account yet, but we will have our... Uh, our search engine and everything up probably the next week, week or two. Okay. So it'll have the menus and the history of the drive-in and everything on here as well. All right. And there you have it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. My name is Carlos Smith, and this has been the Cross the Line Podcast. Until next time, thank you for listening.